And uh, we're going to pass out Bibles at the fair coming up, right? When does that start? August 9th. August 9th, all right. Uh, hundreds and hundreds of Bibles. And also we have permission uh, from SRU to pass out Bibles to those students coming back as well. So I, I know I probably forgot some things, but a lot of things going on. There's an insert in your bulletin uh, uh, for if you want to help out with uh, baskets for single moms. Uh, there's an insert into there. Just a lot of things going on. Amen. So, uh, but most of all, I just want to encourage you. Uh, there's a lot going on in the spirit. We all realize that. It's a special time, amen, of grace to, to minister the gospel. Amen. And, and to really stand up, amen, for righteousness. So I really want to encourage you. You might be the only person. You might be the only person. The only Jesus that someone sees. Amen? So I really want to encourage you. Glory to God. Amen. All right. So there's quite a bit there. Again, it's good to see you. Hallelujah. God is so gracious. So uh, we do this every Sunday. If you have your Bible, you can hold it up. If not, it's okay. Just say it. Say, this is my Bible. I believe. It is God Almighty in written form. And today, it will enter my heart, my mind, my emotions, and my body. Conforming me to the image of Jesus, to the glory of the Father. Amen. Whew. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Well, we've been talking about God's way of doing things. Amen. And we're going to continue this series because we want to enter in to the wisdom of God which is different than the wisdom of man. The wisdom of man says you just try the best you can and see what happens. But the wisdom of God is we believe him through his word, through the spirit of grace within us, if you're a Christian, and we trust that he will cause us to enter into a place where we're vessels of honor, where God can float to us, through us, and for us. Amen? Glory to God. There's nothing like it in the world. Amen. When Jesus comes to you. Nothing like it when he flows through you and for you. Glory to God. So we shared on Isaiah 55 somewhat last week. Where it says his ways are not our ways. And some people say well that means God's a God of calamity or this and that. And you don't know what he'll do. It's, a, it's the antithesis of that. It's really in the context of Israel entering into such a profound state of sin that no one thought they could be forgiven. But God said, my ways are not your ways. I'm still going to forgive you. How many know the mercy of God's amazing? Amen? I, I tell you, grace, we live by grace. We're saved by grace. But I'll tell you, read Psalm 136, 26 times it talks about the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. His mercies are new every day. Amen? All right. How many excited today about Jesus? I, I tell you, I am. I tell you, I, I really am. Glory to God. All right. Well, <clears throat> so we're going to look into some things today in the context of the Word of God. Now, usually soon when I say that, people shut you off because they, oh, I just know about the Word. I'm going to tell you something. My, my desire as a pastor, my desire as a Christian is to see people walk in dominion over the enemy in the miraculous, in freedom, to the glory of the Father. Loving him, amen? All your heart, mind, soul, body, and loving your neighbor and even the, the world. 
And every time I, I seek God, it comes back to the Word. It comes back to the Word of God. It's the foundation of Christianity. And we're going to enter into asking God to accentuate the revelation that we have. We thank God for the revelation we have, but we want to enter into a greater revelation of what we do have. Amen? Glory to God. I've shared this many times, but one of my favorite prayers in the Bible, when Moses says, Lord, I thank you. I know you. Help me to know you. He's saying, I know you, but there's so much more to know. Paul says, I know you, but I press toward the prize of knowing you more. Amen? Glory to God. So I'm excited about this. I was reading a book about T.L. Osborne and, and Daisy Osborne. They've gone to be with the Lord, but I, I, there's, they have a book on healing. It's just amazing. And uh, he says something really good. He says, you know, we see Jesus first and foremost in the Word of God. Amen? Then we see Jesus in worship like today. Glory to God. Then we see Jesus in others that encourage us. And then we start to see Jesus in us. Amen? Hallelujah to the glory of God. Hallelujah. All right. So let's start off in uh, John 1.1. 1, 1, we know the scripture, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. In John 1.14, the Word became flesh. We know in the book of Revelation that Jesus is seen having inscripted on his forehead, Word of God. We cannot separate God from his word. It's sin. Just like the Bible says, out of the abundance of your heart, you speak. Amen? If you write somebody a letter sharing something, that's who you are. You can't separate the words that you write or speak from who you are. God Almighty is one with his word. Glory to God. And we're going to look into just what the Word of God is. Hallelujah, Jesus. Again, it's so easy to say, yeah, I know that. But God wants us to come to a place where we're walking and doing the works. Until we're doing the works that Jesus did, amen, we probably don't know it as much as we think we do. Amen? Glory to God. All right. Hallelujah. So let's look at this. Hebrews 12 the Bible says, God says, I am a consuming fire. God says, I am a consuming fire. Malachi 4.2 says, Jesus, the son, S-U-N, of righteousness. He correlates himself with the son. What is the son? It's, it's fire. You know, in the inward core, it's, you know, tens of thousands of degrees hot. God is a consuming fire. And fire, man, the word of God is fire. Jeremiah 23, 29, Jeremiah was in a, in a street between two. Man, he's in a battle. Man, he's being persecuted. He's being put in prison. And all they said is, just give up. Do what we want you to do. Say what we want you to say. And he said, man, I've been tortured. I've been, he said, man. But he said, I can't. Because the fire, your word in me is as fire. 
Glory to God. See, we need to enter into what the word really is. What does a fire do? The fire of God will devour cancer. The fire of God will devour familiar sin. The fire of God, hallelujah, will bring about victory in our lives. Glory to Jesus. Someone says, you're passionate. You're not. Yeah, amen, I am. Because the fire of God is intrinsic to his word, and when his word gets in you, it changes everything. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The fire of his word, I believe, will kindle revival. I, I really do. Many have heard this story, but it bears reiteration. Years ago, when our, we have four daughters and our second daughter, I think she was like five, six, she had a, a growth on the side of her face. Pretty blonde-eyed girl and just growth on the side of her face, a bad deal. So we took her to doctors and the doctor says, okay, we can remove this by surgery. But unfortunately, after it was removed, it started to grow back. And there, it, was, it was a bad deal. It was really, really a bad deal. I mean, when the doctor's crying, you know it's a bad deal. Dr. Hoyt Sr. from Grove City. So, uh, you know, Kathy and I started to pray, and I, I went on a fast. And uh, on the third day of a fast, I mean, you know, something good always happens on the third day. Amen? I was walking around up by the water tower about the university. And I was a younger Christian back then. Didn't know then what I know now, but still have a lot to learn. And uh, by the grace of God, the mercy, I'm just crying out for my daughter. Man, it's a bad deal. And by the mercy of Jesus, not because of my great faith, not because, it was, it was the mercy of God. I'm walking around, and as God is my witness, it's like it was yesterday, even so many years ago. About the size of a 50-cent piece, literal fire was in my hand. It was fire by him. It was, it was fire was in my hand. So God said, uh, I was about half mile, three quarters of a mile from my house. He said, speak to no one on the way. Go in the door, lay your hands on your daughter, and she'll be healed. I said, all right. So I, I go down, like, you know, this. I laid my hands right on her head, and the growth disappeared. And I ran her up to Dr. Hoyt, and he said, you know, it had to be Jesus. Now, the reason I shared that is to say this. I wish I could tell you every time I minister, there's fire in my hand. There's not. All right? Sometimes fire does come, and all of us, amen, a, a lot of times, you know, when you're praying for somebody, have you ever experienced like your hands getting warm or hot? How many have experienced when you're praying for somebody? You know what I'm saying? But I, it's not like that. But God spoke to me and said, because the next time something happened to one of my kids, I went up to that same field, the same by the same water tire, with my hands stretched out like this. And guess what happened? Nothing. <laughs> and God said, I'm going to teach you, I'm going to give you something greater than the fire that manifests in your hand. Again, I was a younger Christian back then. I said, wow, torch. You know, I'm thinking, that's exciting, right? But unfortunately, it was not outward. God said, I'm going to teach you about inward faith through my word. And that's what God wants us to see. You're not always going to have fire in your hand. But you can have fire in your heart. Because the word of God is fire and it goes into your spirit. Shh. Glory to God. Whew, hallelujah. See, that excites me. 
Glory to God. Amen? So the fire of God. We speak out of that fire. We live out of that fire. It's the fire of God. That's why the Bible says in Luke, uh, I'm talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He said, I baptize you with the Holy Ghost and what? Fire. The Spirit of God causes the Word of God to be fire in us. Glory to Jesus. All right. The second thing, the Word of God, I'm going to go as quick as I can because there's a lot here. The Word of God is a sword of the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 6.17. Now, it's interesting. The Word of God isn't just a sword. It's a sword of the Holy Spirit. When God, through the Holy Spirit, reveals this word to you, it's a sword in the spirit realm. It's a sword that can destroy the enemy. The enemy has no ability to withstand the sword of the Holy Spirit. Because he takes the word, John 6, 63, which is spirit, and through the spirit of revelation, he causes the word to get in you, and it becomes a weapon, a sword. Now all of us have swords that have been cultivated to varying degrees. If you're not, if you, really, I mean, all of us have the same potential. We all have the same spirit of faith, the same measure of faith. But we all have to cultivate, amen? We need to encourage one another. When someone's struggling, don't throw them under the bus. Don't say, well, you know what? They're not going to make it. Share with them that if you can make it, they can make it, amen? Because as long as they got a born-again spirit and the word of God, man, you put that together and bang, I tell you, victory will come. So we all have swords. But to what degree is your sword sharp? My sword sharp. The more we're in the word, you know, the people that I know most and respect most, I, I, honestly, they're immersed in the word. They're not anything special. No one's anything special because we're all the same. We're all special because we're all God's favorites. So it's a sword in the spirit realm. But we could, like Miss Coleman, Catherine Coleman, so say, if you could see in the spirit realm, it would change your life forever. Angels in this place. Whew. Lord Jesus in this place. And a sword in your hand that when you speak the word, the Holy Ghost himself confirms what you speak because he's the one that gave the sword. He's the one that gave it to you. Now, I asked a friend of mine. He's, uh, he forges swords. He makes swords. I asked him, I said, Ryan, make me a big sword. I mean, the sharpest sword you can get so I can just show the people. He said, Pastor Mike, I don't think so. You have a hard time holding a hammer. He said, I don't think I want to give you one of those swords, okay? All right. But he said he's going to make me one, all right? A big one. But he did give me this one here, okay? He did give me this one. And it's a real sword, all right? And it's sharp. Amen? This sword is very sharp. It can bring harm to somebody if you're in a sword fight. Amen? Now, I'm not talking, I'm not telling you to go out and get a sword, amen, and everybody come in with swords and we're going to go out. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying, okay? Our battle is in the spirit, not in the physical, all right? 
you know, glory to God. That's not what I'm saying. But I share this as a visual because we need to see in the spirit realm, when God, and you're in having a sword in your hand, given by the Holy Ghost, it brings fear to the devil. And he knows if he, if, when you resist him by bringing out your sword, if he does not leave, he will be harmed. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. So the word, I tell you, we, we need to, if we can just see it. Glory to God. We need to show it to the devil. We enter into this. Glory to God. Again, intrinsic to the sword of the Holy Ghost is who God is. Creator. Power. Glory to Jesus. You know, the Bible says that from Paul's body, handkerchiefs were sent out and, and, and placed on bodies and demons left and people were healed. That was because a residue of the Spirit of God got into those handkerchiefs. Ooh, or into the shadow of Peter. What do you think the sword does? Which consists of who he is. Again, it's a sword of the Holy Ghost himself. Resurrection power. See, if you get this and I get this, it'll change us because we need to wake up in the morning, hallelujah, with the sword ready to be taken so we're on the offensive rather than being on the defensive. Amen? Glory to Jesus. All right. The word of God, hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. It's alive. Hebrews 4.12. Man, the word of God, when you, when, you, when you get to read the word, it's Jesus talking, man. Someone said, I wish I had a vision of Jesus. Well, I'd be cool to I'll receive it. I mean, him just coming to me and just talking to me. You know what? Most likely, if Jesus showed up, he wouldn't say anything different to you then than what he's already said in his word. Because he is the word. Do I want more visions and dreams? Yes. But I, I got to go with the word first. It's alive. Amen? It's Jesus talking to me. It separates my soul from my spirit so I know what's right and I know what's wrong. In a world that doesn't know there is, is right and wrong right now. Amen? It's truth, John 8, 32. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. The truth is his word. Glory to God. I love, you know, in the word, John 17, Ephesians 1, Ephesians uh, 3. I mean, there's prayers in here to pray. I mean, you pray as the Lord leads you, of course. But also there's prayers here. Glory to God. The word is a seed that grows. Wow. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The word of God imparts reality. Hallelujah. As I was praying over this, and uh, you know, the thing that God brought me to is 1 John 2.20, where it says we have an unction from the Spirit of God. And, and I just looked up the word unction just in a regular dictionary. And it was amazing, the, the word unction. It said, it's, 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 it's a laugh, the substance of something. It's life-giving. Can I tell you something? When the Word of God gets in you and becomes who you are, it's the laugh of God in you. It's the laugh of God in you. Woo! Man. 
It's the life of God. Man. Now, and now someone says, well, that's cool. What's more than cool? It is amazing. It's amazing. So when you speak, man, it's the word speaking through you. That's when you get results. Not speaking some religious jargon and words that nobody can even understand. It's, it's the word of God being spoken through you. 1 Peter 4.11, if a man speaks, let him speak as if God were speaking. No, you're not some little God, but God has control of you and me to speak through us and use us as his vessels. Amen? Man, it's the most, so exciting. Glory to God. So the word of God is Jesus in you. It's a sword in you. It's fire in you. It's alive. It's a discerner. It's truth. It's sanctifying power through the unction of God. Amen. Now, someone says, why are you being loud? Because I can't help but be loud. Amen. For real. Man, I, see, this is what I've been meditating on. I've been doing some fasting and just meditating on some things. And God's, he accentuates what we know. Amen. Lord, all right, let's see how far we get with this. Now, see, what's so important is that we, is that we see it. You know, the Bible says to receive a, re a prophet's reward, what do you have to do? You have to receive the prophet in the name of a prophet to receive a prophet's reward. We have someone coming in August, you know, who ministers prophetically. We first, we first hear God through his word, then through his voice, but the prophetic is very powerful. But to receive from anyone, you have to receive who that person is. Amen. If someone goes to a doctor, maybe you have something wrong with your elbow. You find a doctor, amen, that, you know, he's able to work on your elbow to help you. You know, that someone has a degree that's gone to med school, amen. You ever go in a doctor's office, they have their certificates up there. I wish they put up their grades, amen. <laughs> Seriously, amen. Wouldn't that be good? Seriously. And, but you go there, what? Because you go to that office because you receive that doctor as a doctor and you receive from them. We need to receive what the word is. We need to believe what the word is so we can receive from it. Amen. But again, let's just use a simple analogy, but it's so glorious. You know, when a, when a child's born and they have a, a, a good mind, man, we, you know, we need to know we're blessed. Amen. You know, if you have healthy children and Glory to God, I mean, your, your, your mind is, is blessed. But it doesn't bring about intelligence. A mind has to have, be fed knowledge. A mind that has a seed of a genius in it will never prosper unless knowledge is given to it that it can feed on. You know, I've shared this example. I'll share it again. Uh, when I was teaching high school, I ran across a lady. I had taught one of her kids, and she had four kids that were great, but she had a nervous breakdown in between these kids. And she had two kids. She had a mental breakdown, and people didn't even know she had them. And when they found, I think one was three and one was five, and she locked them in a room, just barely fed them. And they're, they're retarded to this day. They were smart kids in the seed form, but never cultivated. 
Now, I share that because, you know, I, I remember talking to her face to face. I mean, it breaks your heart. But you see, we need to cultivate, amen, the Word of God. But again, that's an example. Knowledge produces intelligence. You have a, God gives you a, a body that's healthy, but you need to eat food, right, to enter into strength. Glory to God. Well, God's given us an awesome spirit, the image of Jesus in seed form. But we have to enter into feeding our spirit with the word. Just like you feed your body, amen, with food, you feed your mind with knowledge, we have to feed our spirit with the word. Or it will not grow. There are many Christians that have never grown. And God is speaking to the body of Christ. Man, enter in to what I've given you. It's not just praying, it's enter into what we have. We need not just to pray for things to be changed, we need to pray to see that we, what we have so we can change things. Amen? All right, so let's look at the paradigm of the word. Again, we need to know what the word is. Glory to God. It's amazing. When the word of God is fed to our born-again spirit by the spirit of God, it produces a literal substance. Hebrews 11 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. See, when you get, you know, when you exercise and feed your body and, you know, you can be strong, lift weights, you, you can feel there's muscles there. When you have intelligence, you can, you know, it's objective. You can give someone a test to figure out their IQ. There's a substance it's real that develops in your spirit. It's the faith of God. Intrinsic to that substance, man, is the ability to believe, the ability to know the victories here, and the ability to speak, knowing, hallelujah, when you speak out of that substance, that you're graced unto by the new birth and by the revelation power of the Spirit of God, God will always hear and God will always answer. Glory to God. All right. Now I want to get ahead of myself. See, if you get this, it'll change your life. So we need to see the substance of faith, what it entails. It really is. Then God gives us the grace to perceive it. Acts 14. There's, Paul preached the word. He preached the word, not some philosophy, not about some movie he saw the night. He preached the word. Jesus, the Bible said, he preached the word. And there's a crippled man there in Acts 14. And Paul preached and looked. He preached and looked. And then he saw, the Bible says, he perceived that the man had what? Faith to be healed. Wow. Faith is perceivable. Glory to God. And he said, stand up right on thy feet. And the man stood up and was healed. But see, if the man didn't perceive that he had faith to be healed, he would have been carried out there the same way he was carried in. So wisdom is a principal thing. We need to ask God to help us perceive our faith. All right? Then we need to speak, 2 Corinthians 4, 13. I believed... Therefore, I spoke. 
But see, it's not just speaking. I can teach a parrot to speak. My God shall supply all of my crackers according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Right? I've told you this many times. I, I, it's amazing to me what parrots can do. You know what I'm saying? Things they can say. Seriously. It's, 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 it's amazing to me. And, uh, oh, my goodness. And I, I told Kathy, I always wanted a parrot when someone walked in and would say, quote John 3.16 and then say, don't be stupid, get saved. Don't be stupid, get saved, you know. But she quenched the spirit. We don't have it, but amen. But, no, it's just not speaking. It's speaking out of a heart filled with the word. Glory to Jesus. But see, someone says, how do you know the word's going to be confirmed that you speak? Here's how I know it. Because the prayer that starts by the Holy Ghost will be answered by God. The prayer that starts in heaven will be answered by heaven. I didn't give myself this book. He gave it to me. Amen? I would have never thought to put in it what's in it. My gosh, that God loves me as much as he loves his only begotten son. John 17, 23. Man, I would have been happy to be half as good as an angel. You know what I'm saying? God gave us this book. Amen? Man didn't give it to us. He initiated it. God gave us this book, and God said, I initiated it, and I will perfect it, and I will bring you to a place that when you speak my word, I will hear it because I'm the one that perfected it, and it's as if I was speaking because I'm the one that brought it forth in you, through you, and I'll do it for you. Glory to God. Someone says, well, I don't know if I can do that. It's not you just doing it. It's him. Mark 4, 26 says the, the kingdom of God's like a seed is planted. It's watered. You, and then it starts to grow and then you, you put in the sickle to harvest, right? You don't even know how it grows. But God causes it to grow. It's not your job to give yourself faith. It's your job to present yourself to God to let him give you faith. Mm, Jesus. Well, bless God, I'm just going to give myself faith. Good luck. Only God can give you faith. But when God gives it, then it's God. Whoo, hallelujah. We're going to give some examples of this. Very powerful examples. That it's real. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. I want to encourage you to get this CD or watch it on YouTube or whatever, Spotify. It's for real. All right. Now, here's a little bit. All this is good. Amen? It's steaks and potatoes. All right. Now, we got to put in a few vegetables. All right? Amen? So, don't get mad at me. Amen? God created vegetables too. Amen? Glory to God. All right? Amen? Hallelujah. We learned to like vegetables. So this is why, you know, we can't mess with things. When the devil tries to put a thought in your head, you can't, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, maybe somebody did something to you. You, you. you can't keep playing it over and over in your head. When a thought comes, that's not sin. It's like if a bird, you've heard this analogy, puts a twig on your head. Well, that's not sin. Just brush it off. But when you let the bird build a nest, lay some eggs on there, you know what? We're talking sin, right? It's imperative. God's been dealing with me. 
He said, don't take the thought. Well, Lord, what? just curse the thought. Don't take it. Amen. Well, it gets quiet when you get to preaching good, huh? <laughs> Amen. Whew, Jesus. Because those thoughts become reality. All right? And then you don't take the thought saying, well, man, it's working for everybody else but me. No! Man, you just said... You, see, the devil, he knows how the kingdom works. He was there. He'll, now he has a right to take those words. He has a right Bible says in Deuteronomy, God comes for your words, so does the enemy. Things you can fear come upon you. So you don't take the thought by thinking over it and thinking it or saying it. Amen. That's in Matthew 6. It said, Jesus said, don't take the thought and enter into anxiety and worry about what you're going to wear or whatever. But you, when you take that thought, then you take out the oppression that comes with it when you speak it. All right. I'll give you some strong examples. Uh, you know, there's a minister of the gospel shared this and a strong ministry of the word. He was saying he was uh, doing an evangelistic meeting and he, and he was staying in the pastor's house and his wife and they had a couple of kids and they had left for the day. So he was there by himself and he just turned on the TV. I don't know if he was going to watch the news or sports or whatever. And when he turned on the TV, he saw the pastor's wife in a vision on the TV. And he saw her there smiling. And he saw a demon, a little demon come and said, you're a very pretty lady. You have a beautiful voice. And here you are in this little church and you're just wasting away your talents and this and that. She just laughed and cursed it. But then he saw over a period of time that she started to entertain it. And then he saw it go into her. And she entered into destruction in, in, the, in what he saw on the TV. So he told her. And she just laughed. But as God is my witness, she entered in to destruction through exactly what happened. Wow. See, we need to be careful. Amen? I'm not saying that. I'm, this is for real. I, I, I just sense there's some, honestly, you, you got to be careful. I just sense that there's, there's someone listening to my voice. I think it's on. I, I, live stream, wherever you're at. And, and there's something there that, that, that the devil's been speaking to you to walk away. Go back to Egypt because it ain't working here. Please, please, let the grace of God come and nullify that in Jesus' name. Glory to God. I know that's strong, but I just need to share as the Holy Ghost is leading me. But see, Perry Stone, he's just such a good guy. He shares a lot on the prophecy in Israel a lot. But he shares something good. He said, the greatest tactic of the enemy is tiring you out. Because when you get tired... You lose perception. You see what I'm saying? And so that's what we need to get refreshed every day. Amen? All right. All that's for free, even though you don't seem to receive it or not. All right. Amen. Glory to God. It's all true. All right. But I'm just giving you, I'll give you a few more examples. Again, you know, I, I never forget when I first got saved, um, we, were at, we were not in the street and shared the gospel a lot. And one of my best good friends, I couldn't say best friend, good friends, we were sharing the gospel on the street, and we did in, uh, in East Pittsburgh, and then we went to get some pizza afterwards. And one of my friends said, you know what? I just don't think that Jesus loves me like he does most of you other guys. I said, well, that's ridiculous. I didn't give him much thought. But see, he began to let that come into his head because he was kind of from the other side of the tracks. 
You understand what I'm saying? Dysfunctional family, dad in prison, the whole deal. He said, I just don't think this is me. I said, man, I'm the same way, man. It's like, but Jesus is for us, man. But you see, he, he walked away from Jesus because he started thinking that, then started saying that. What you think and what you say will determine who you are. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. I could give a hundred examples like this. Mm, Jesus. I was with a, a, a guy and he started a church and it just didn't work out. And then he started to get angry at God because it didn't work out. Had an awesome wife, kids, and then he got off with some crazy stuff and not walking with God. It started with a thought. Then with some words. All right. Okay. All right, let's get back to good stuff. All right. Amen. All right. But you could go on and on. I tried healing. It didn't work. I, I tried to believe the word. It didn't work. No. God's word always works. We just need to continue to work it. Amen? All right. Okay. Let's get back on. You, you on board with me still? Amen? All right. All right. Let's give examples of how this works. Oh, glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. See, I'll be honest with you. Ministries that I enjoy that I submit myself to, that I, I, I really, and people I fellowship with, are people that, where the word is working. And they have a heart after God. They're humble, because I, I say I can't stand pride. I, I tell you, they're humble, and, and, and God's working. I remember uh, Heidi Baker was up in uh, Roland Baker. They started, I think it's up to 17,000 churches. How do you do that? And in the last 30 years. Well, they go into a village that's Muslim. And they're based in Mozambique. And they show the Jesus film. And, but then they say, is there anyone here deaf or blind? And invariably someone comes, usually a woman, not a man, because of that culture. And invariably someone gets healed. People come to Jesus. They always start a church in an orphanage. Well, Kathy and I went to see uh, her. She was up in Ohio. And after service, she said, you know what? Anybody wants to come and just receive impartation, we'll lay hands on you. Man, we have the first ones. It was down in the church basement. Why? But here's, some, here's a testimony I really liked that she shared, conveyed. She's in Mozambique where kids die every day, big time. One of the poorest nations on earth in Africa. So she read in the Bible how Jesus multiplies food, right? Well, that, see, that's just not a Sunday school story. And she said, Lord, I mean, we do the best we can to get food to us, but man, there's a drought. Kids are dying. She uses kids in her ministry a lot to minister. And out of necessity, she said, Lord, I, I need food. I need if food's not multiplied, kids will die. And what'd she do? She just didn't pray. See, she just didn't pray. She got in the Word, and the Word got in her. She read over and over again and asked the Holy Ghost to make it a sword in her spirit, to make it fire, to make it real. And she read that over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. I don't know about you, but it takes time for the word to get through this head of mine, to be honest with you. And she just started to believe God. 
And they had some food, I think some rice and beans. And it multiplied to feed hundreds of kids. But here's the kicker. Not just once or twice, but hundreds and hundreds of times. Why? Because she's someone special or great? No, because the Word got in her. Wonder if the Word gets in you, we'll do the same thing. See, that's the biggest thing. Personalizing the Word to you. Well, I'm not worthy. Well, who is? But I'm a child of God. And that qualifies me. And it qualifies you. Amen? See, the stuff like this excites me. Because I want a God that works. Man, when I'm praying for a kid in a coma, in children's hospital, by the grace of God, we've seen a number of kids come out that weren't, couldn't come out. I need something that works. It's great to pray. It's great to cry. It's great to be empathetic. But I need something that works. Now, most of them, I'm a good friend of David Hogan. I just texted him yesterday. I, I, again, good guy. Former Hell's Angel. He's raised about 500 people from the dead. I can't believe that. But Jesus said in Matthew 10, 7, 8, Go preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven's at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. And he's sharing uh, that the first time that there's a leper. And, and the guy had like no, hardly no ear. He was in the last stage of leprosy. Man, like hardly no ears. His nose was emaciated. No fingers, no toes. And David's as human as you and me. God says, I want you to pray for this man. Well, he led him to Jesus. It was an Aztec Indian guy. And, 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 and the guy was, I mean, it was a bad deal. And David says, he said, to stand on my word. But see, David had been putting Matthew 10, 7, 8 in his spirit for years. Because he was a hell's angel, because he was in a church that the, his, his dad was a pastor that degraded his dad. And he said, it was, it was a, he, said, he said, but nothing ever worked. So he began crying out to God once he got saved. We need to cry out to God. And long story short, he just took, I think it was Mark 1, 41, Matthew 10, 7, and 8. And began to minister to the man. And he said, man, you know, he said, I can't believe what I did. He said, I went to put my hand towards the guy because he's filled with leprosy. I mean, really, I mean, pus coming out, body parts gone. And he said, I don't know how it happened, but I put my hand right in the leprosy. And the devil says, you're going to die because it's contagious. He, he, he was by himself because nobody could be around him. But he continued to pray and then he got, you know, washed himself off. Long story short, he came back about a week later and all these Indians, Aztec Indians are smiling. He says, unusual. And the guy's there. He said, thank you for praying for me. And David said, man, who are you? And he said, I'm the leper. God gave him new fingers, new toes, new nose, new ears. Someone says, that's hard to believe. No, it's hard to believe 
that we don't receive God like we should. That's what's hard to believe. Now, I'm not here to condemn. I'm here to encourage you, but I'm here also to exhort you. I'm going to be honest with you. If you never, if you have a church and you're never, you want to be blessed and encouraged first and foremost, but you also need exhortation. What's exhortation? It means to get a little push and to say, come up higher because what you got is good, but we want to enter in the best. And to get the best, sometimes you need a little exhortation. I need it. God's been dealing with exhorting me. So if he's exhorting me, that's what you're going to get. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I could give so many examples. So many examples. But see, it comes through the word. I told you, I was reading it. Till Osborne and Daisy Osborne, many church historians associate them with, uh, you know, in the context of the church age, introducing mass healings and evangelism. You know, they went to India and they came back with their tail between their legs because nothing worked. They shared the gospel and they were laughed at. It didn't work. And he said, we're never going out there again. We're going to pastor because that seemed to work. But then God began to deal with them and said, seek me. If something's not working, seek God. Don't run from God. Amen? First of all, keep on doing what you know to do and God will honor it. Probably honoring it more than we know. And they began to seek God. And they began to seek God through his word. And they saw, I believe it was in Luke 9 and Luke 10, where Jesus had given the apostles, the first the 12 and then, you know, then, the, then the 70, you know, authority over the enemy. Very humble people. And they said, you know what? I think if it was for them, it's for us. So they began to eat the word and eat the word and eat the word and eat the word and eat the word. See, John 6, 57, Jesus says, even as I eat of the Father, so he who eats of me, and even as I eat of the Father and live by him, so he who eats of me will live by me. That's what, man, they, people didn't like hearing that. See, when you start talking about intimacy, man, a lot of people shy away. But we're called to intimacy. How do you eat of the Lord? You eat it through his presence. Through worship. Man, through being in the spirit, praying in the spirit, through his word. Jesus said it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. So when you eat this word, you're partaking in Jesus. We shared as many times, but it bears repetition. Man, the Passover. Yeah, we know that they, they, they slew the lamb representing Jesus, right? They put the blood over the lentils. Looks like a cross, right? They put it over the doorposts. But most people don't realize there was a second part to Passover. They just didn't slay the lamb and put the blood over the doorpost. They ate of the lamb. If we're going to enter into revival, we got to go beyond just saying, thank God I'm saved, and we need to enter into eating of the lamb. The Bible says in Psalm 10537, then we ate of the lamb. It was the greatest healing service the world's ever known. When they ate of that lamb, which represents Jesus, partaking of him through his word and his presence. 
every person that was feeble. And they had been whipped into, you know, the Egyptians had men. There, there were so many people crippled and blind because of what they experienced at the hand of the Egyptians. And not one person was not healed. Wow. Someone says, yeah, this is all good, but I don't know about this. Is, is this for me? That's the whole key to the revival that God's bringing. He's giving them revelation that it's for all of us. Because we're children of God. And if you're a child of God, you have a spirit that assimilates the word by the Holy Ghost and causes you and I to enter in to a strength, a glory that the world's not yet seen. Glory to God. Glory to God. See, that's why I'm excited. I believe revival's going to come this way. I, I really, really believe it. And God knows, God knows we need it. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. John 14, 12. <clears throat> Jesus said, it's an amazing verse. The works that I have done, you will do also. Because I go to the Father. How many have that on your refrigerator door? Not many. Wow, man, gosh, my Aunt Judy comes and sees that. She already thinks I'm nuts. My God, what if she sees that? You know, she'll think I'm Jesus. You know what? She already thinks you're nuts. Just put it up. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. You know, that's in the same book of John, isn't it? Is that verse just as true as John 3.16? But you know why it's not on most people's refrigerated doors? Because we won't want to be seen as out of the box as weird. But I'll tell you why it's not there. Because the church hasn't preached it. Because so often we stay in the box and we don't want to offend anybody. And usually for people to enter in the best, you've got to step out on the boat. And a lot of times when someone's encouraging you to get out of the boat, you say, wait a second, you know, I'm going back here because I'm staying in the boat. Can I tell you something? You are safer on the water than in the boat. You know why? Because Jesus wasn't in the boat. You may feel more stability. You may feel more comfort. But if Jesus isn't there, it really doesn't matter how stable you feel. The person that was safest was the person that almost drowned. Because Jesus was right there. To pick him up. Glory to God. So his eyes still ain't getting out of that boat. <laughs> well, God bless you, man. But in the coming revival, we're going to get out of the boat. Because we're so, see, we're going to get so used to looking at Jesus. We're going to get so enthralled with Jesus. That we don't, it doesn't matter because our eyes are going to be so much on Jesus, we don't really even know whether it's water, it's land, or wherever it is because we're just focused on Jesus. Mm. It's all about Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right, there's a few things we want to share before we close this. One, oh man, this is for real. This is for real. 
We're going to continue this next week, but I, I just want to share a few things. One, we need to worship Jesus for his word. There are so many nations on the earth. They don't have a Bible. Kathy was in China, in Hong Kong, and a guy was there they were, before uh, China took it over. They were handing out Bibles, and there's, someone shared a story with her that really affected me. This guy was ministering in, in an underground church in China. And uh, it was interesting because the only way they got him out of the place, they, they put him in a casket like he was dead, and they got him out that way. But he ministered. It was like for like five days. Like It was like 20 hours a day and night. And then they wouldn't let him stop teaching. And, and he didn't get it. He was a younger man at that time. Now he's older. And he didn't get it. They kept saying, give us the word, give us the word. Then he found out that nobody ever had a Bible. Wow. We need to be thankful we have the word. Right now we have the freedom to read it. But we need to worship Jesus for his word. Let me share something with you in John 17 that really ministers to me. In the high priestly prayer of Jesus. Jesus said in John 17, 16, they are not of the world as even I'm not of the world. And he said, I'm sending them forth out. He said, sanctify them in the truth. That's how 1 Thessalonians 5.23 comes about. Sanctified, right? Uh, you know, in, in spirit, soul, and body. In the truth. Thy word is truth. As thou sent me into the world, even so I've sent them into the world. Now listen to this. And for their sakes... I sanctify myself. He's talking about, I'm going to the cross. Here's one of the reasons that Jesus Christ went to the cross. That they also might be sanctified by the truth. So one of the reasons that Jesus went to the cross is to get this New Testament in his blood to us. He shed his blood that we might have this book. Wherever there's blood, there's oil. The book was written by the oil of the Holy Ghost. Jesus. We need to start our day by worshiping the King. That he has given us his word. Man, if the, the richest man on earth, you know, say he was a multi-billionaire. And somehow he found out about you and he sent you a letter. And said, you know, I'm giving you my word. That in 30 days, I'm going to give you $100 million. Would you be excited? I'd be excited. Quit looking so sanctimonious. Amen? Yeah, I'd be excited. Man, you, nothing would offend me. I don't like your tie. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? I don't care about anything. See me in 30 days, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm excited. But you know why I know it would be true? Because I know he's got the good. I know he's able to do it for me. How much more excited, appreciative should we worship the king for the word of the king? The word's given to us. So Jesus could live in us in a way that he lived. 
John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you'll ask what you will be done. I would encourage you. Right now in our nation, they're doing everything they can to disqualify the word, minimize the word in the name of Jesus. I don't know about you. I'm going to worship my king for his word. I'm going to stand for the word. But more than that, I'm going to get the word in me. So Jesus, so I can be a vessel of honor. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand with me if you would. Those listening by voice and you've never gotten saved or you bought the lie that this word isn't the word of God. I curse that lie in Jesus' name in your heart. You know that this word is true. This word is the only way to be saved. I just said, man, you're saying this is strong. It has to be strong to break the yokes. Right now, I believe God's reaching out to you by his word. And say there's not, no other name given unto men. Why, you must be saved, Acts 4, 12. Right now, just say, Jesus, I submit myself to you. I give myself to you in Jesus' name. And for us today, it is a time, honestly, to see it's an awesome time. Because when the enemy comes in, God, like a flood, is going to raise a standard. He's not mocked. I sense even people here today, man, if you're hurting in your body, God is going to come to you today. You don't have to wait till a healing service on Saturday. He's going to come to you today. He really is. He really, really, really is. Man, I just sense Jesus so strong. I just sense Jesus so, so strong. I, I, I'm going to run out of time. I'm going to share a few words of knowledge. I, I had people's names of it. means anything to you and come up. But if you've got something, Tim, where's Tim? I want us to pray for you, okay? And I know I'm going to dismiss, but can you... Just put your hands on towards her. I, I want you to pray for her. She's come a long way, but a lot of, I've fought a lot of things.